This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Any, I guess, opening thoughts before we can dive into this one? Uh, last year, they played Minnesota in the playoffs, and we all kind of called that the Frog Bowl, right? Like, these are the two <laughs> teams that are not as good as their record where it was. And then they went to the divisional round against Philadelphia, and you heard some of the talking heads be like, well, you know, maybe the Giants can make a run at this. And then they lost 38-7, to and it was like, okay, never mind. Like, that was never actually going to be a thing. <laughs> And then they paid Daniel Jones all that money and tried to add around him. And this was the danger that we kind of talked about with Jordan Love specifically. Now, Jordan Love has shown more, in my opinion, than Daniel Jones ever has. And I'm sure we'll get to that at some point here as well. But the the issue with paying a below average quarterback a lot of money based on the fact that your team won a bunch of games the previous year, that's a tough pill for them to swallow. And then now he's injured. So Daniel Jones, not very good. Tyrod Taylor, worse. Tommy DeVito, probably worse than that. This game, to me, the opening thoughts as simple as make sure 26 doesn't run for 250 yards and you should win. It should be that simple. But, you know, and I'll defend Joe Barry a little bit for some of his stuff, but his defensive style is to kind of let teams do that. Like, we're okay if you run for a bunch of yards. That can't be, in my opinion, the strategy against this really bad Giants offense, like really bad Giants offense. Yeah, let's let's start there because, I mean, you said it, bad offense, 31st in the league in points for 31st in red uh, for in third downs, I should say, struggling in the red zone, 31st in the red zone as well. So just not putting up a ton of points. I don't think they have anybody, uh, any receiver over 500 yards, which isn't necessarily the metric considering the Packers are kind of a – you know, an offense by committee at this point as well. But uh, Saquon Barkley has five total touchdowns and then Isaiah Hodgins has two and then nobody else in their receiving core has more than one score this season, which is really weird to think about. So really, you know, you, you kind of outlined it. There's a lot of big playmakers coming up down the stretch for this Packers defense. And really the only one that they'll be seeing on Monday night is Barkley. Yeah, Saquon is as good as it gets. Uh, you can't really be a game wrecker, I guess, at running back, but he's the closest thing to it. Uh, every time he touches it, he's a, he's a threat to score. They've got a couple guys. Jalen Hyatt has that deep, deep speed that people fell in love with around draft time. He hasn't exactly gotten on track. That could be a byproduct of the quarterback. Darren Waller has been somebody – he was a big acquisition and a former Packers target. They thought they traded for him like two separate times. So <laughs> that's incredible that you know to see him kind of play against Green Bay at this point. But – yeah, I mean, and the biggest thing on them is their offensive line is putrid. Uh, I mean, they're 
Yeah. If the pat, like we said every week, if Green Bay could get into obvious passing situations, their front can do some damage. And their front has over the last two games. They have six sacks. Lucas Van Ness finally got to the quarterback again on, on Sunday night, which was nice to see. Rashawn Gary is Rashawn Gary. Preston Smith looks like not quite the prime version of himself that Green Bay got when they signed him a four years, but he's a very serviceable, good player. Kenny Clark is wrecking people. Um, I expect this front to dominate Monday night's game because it's a good matchup for them and they should. And, you know, Kansas city's offensive line is not very good. Uh, Detroit's is they dominated Detroit's front, in my opinion, and they played very well against Kansas City's, even moving Mahomes off of his spot a little bit. This is worse. Uh, whatever the, whatever the giants think they're throwing out there and, and DeVito can move around a little bit, but not really. I mean, two quarterbacks have gotten hurt behind this offensive line. That's usually, I mean, it's not necessarily the greatest measure of how good an offensive line is, guys getting hurt. But, you know, the more a guy gets hit, the more chance there is of something bad happening. That's what happened to Jones. That's what happened to Tyrod Taylor. And now, you know, DeVito's back there. This should be a game that Green Bay's defense dominates. Now, they should have dominated against Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's offense is very good. And Pittsburgh ran for 200-plus yards and scored 23 points against them. If the Giants score 23 points on Monday night, that's a disappointment. Uh, I think that, you know, this is a game where Green Bay should kind of flex its muscles a little bit and be like, you know, 31-7, and we are here and we're making a run to the playoffs kind of thing. But young team, off, and we'll get to the defense stuff when the Giants get there. But I don't know. I mean, we always kept saying it'll be a roller coaster, right? Well, this is the high. (laughs) And usually there's probably another low coming. I can't imagine that being against the Giants, but it could. I don't know how, but it could. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a hard, you know, everybody now has expectations of the playoffs. Matt LaFleur even said it, like you have to take it one game at a time because you can't, people are starting to circle this game on their calendar, right? In the the beginning of the season, we all had certain expectations for where this team would be. Um, ad nauseum, you know, you could take shots every time on this podcast. We said it was an evaluation year, but really that was the goal, right? As you wanted to see who long-term, if Jordan Love was the guy, if certain pieces on your team were going to be part of that long-term foundational rebuild. Then the Packers started getting good and it's like, hold up, wait a second. (laughs) Maybe this quote unquote rebuild is happening a little bit quicker than we thought. And we expected there to be growing pains for the Packers offense, but we always kind of said the Packers defense was going to need to do enough to keep them in close games. And now we're seeing, of course, the flip side of that is that the Packers offense is starting to be able to score some points, which was a struggle in most of the season. But you listed it already, right? This is a Giants offense or an O-line that gave up 69 sacks already this season, which is just absurd I think it's like 10 more than the next team in the NFL so um and you said at the edge rush three sacks against some homes tied for his most sacked game all season so it should be a game where the Packers can come in and make their presence felt but again echoing your point Packers run defense is still not what it should be which sometimes is okay you know it still helped the Chiefs to make them a little bit more one-dimensional with their pass catchers but 
you can't let Saquon take over the game, which is kind of unfortunately what we saw last year in London too. So I don't know. I expect, I expect a, a better showing from this defense though. Yeah. The nice part will be, I mean, say what you will about Daniel Jones, but he can move a little bit and he's, he's a pretty solid runner. Uh, DeVito's not that, you know, he played what four years at Syracuse and one year at Illinois. I think he was one of them grad transfer COVID year type players when he was in college and, move a little bit, but not, not to the effect that Daniel Jones can. And the good news for green Bay is their pocket pushers. Mm-hmm. The last year when they played in London, it was Kenny Clark and note with all due respect to Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed, those Reed wasn't having a good season at that point in the year. And Lowry didn't have much left at that point. Now Devonte Wyatt annoys the living hell out of me, but he's a, <laughs> he's a good pass rusher. Uh, Carl Brooks might be the second best defensive lineman on the team right now. TJ Slayton is, is a big time, uh, player in that. Well, I don't want to say big time player, but he's done well over that point. You know, the, at this point, the only guy on the field that you're like, isn't making any sort of impact like at all is Kobe Wood, and He's a fourth round rookie. So yeah. you kind of expect that at this point, but the Packers have those guys that are pocket pushers and they've done more stuff with like Lucas Van Ness's hand in the ground and getting some more guys on the field to push the pocket and play some games with the pass rush that way too. So I think they have more tools in the belt, so to speak, to go up against this version of the giants offense. And again, you know, Daniel Jones for his faults is better than the quarterbacks that they'll be facing on Monday. So they don't have much of a threat in the passing game. So this is one of those, if I could sit in the defensive meeting rooms, I'd be telling Joe Barry, like it's okay to like risk getting beat over the top. Cause I don't think they can do it. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Let's talk about um since we're kind of on this on the Packers defense right now, healthy and available, what do you like for your safety room? We saw it with Darnell Savage coming back. It didn't seem like Rudy Ford played as much. I think they still kind of looked Jonathan Owens, Anthony Johnson Jr. I thought played really well in his, you know, limited looks, but of course being a seventh round rookie, he was not going to get that seat over guys like Ford and Savage when they're healthy. So what is your I guess your secondary as a whole? assuming Jair isn't playing, what, what are you liking right now from them? Yeah. Savage and Owens, I think is the crew that's back there. I know John or uh, Anthony Johnson is the, is the popular name on the Twitter verse. And that's understandable. He's done some really nice things when he's played, but Owens has been a guy that the, the defensive staff, Matt LaFleur, everybody's been like effusive in their praise about him. Uh, you know, it's not just a cool story because he's married to Simone Biles. Like he's been a legitimately <laughs> good player for them, especially over the last couple of weeks. And Savage, Savage is never going to be the player that we thought and hoped he would be, especially after the 2020 season. But there's at least some semblance of playmaking there. And I think that's possible. You know, this kind of bumps Rudy Ford back into core special teamer, which in turn helps a special teams unit that's not very good, uh, which is disappointing for a variety of reasons. And Anthony Johnson just gives him an opportunity, you know, as much as, we like a few things here or there. He's, he's learning on the fly and he's a seventh round pick. That's a, that's a rookie. So how much can you really expect from something like that? Those are the guys there. If I can get Alexander back, that'd be great. Otherwise I think the crew that you've seen out there, Valentine, I think has done very well. Corey Valentine, who, you know, for a practice squad corner, I mean, the Packers pass defense has done a pretty solid job over the last what, six weeks or something like, I mean, it's been pretty good there. And then Keyshawn Nixon, I think is finally starting to (laughs) 
make me look a little smarter for some of the predictions I had at the beginning <laughs> of the season. He was my pick as the breakout player on defense. And the first part of the year did not go very well. And then he had arguably the biggest play of the game on Sunday night against the chiefs. So that was nice to see him catching it. He loves it here too. That is, that is such a nice thing to see. He absolutely, I told him that he looks a lot better in green Bay than, than he does in Las Vegas. And he said, I think so too, or something to that effect. So he loves it in green Bay. I think this is a guy who, Ideally, you probably don't want him to be your nickel corner as a preferred starter, but if he can be your dime back and return kickoffs and punts and do some gadget stuff on offense and everything, culture guy in the locker room, core special team guy in the locker room, stuff like that too. But those are the guys that you have. Now, if you can get Alexander and Stokes back, then you know, you're know you talking not champagne problems, but I kind of like the idea of having those kinds of problems again. 